Welcome to episode 12 of the Recommended Experience Podcast, where four working professionals talk about the games, movies, and TV shows that they enjoy in their free time. I'm your host for today's episode, Alex, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt. What's going on, everybody? Tiffany? Happy December! And Yasser? Cyberpunk is among us! (laughs) Cyberpunk is indeed among us. But yeah, it is December, as is uh, Cyberpunk being here. Uh, and, and, you know, as w- goes with December, end of the year, end of 2020, and mostly a time of reflection, um, especially for those of you that have those New Year's resolutions that you probably ended up not finishing uh, for the most part, as I know I always don't do my New Year's resolutions. Does anyone complete their New Year's resolutions? Write in <laughs> anyone and let us know. <laughs> yeah, at rxp.podcast at gmail.com or at rxp underscore podcast on Twitter. And so on this episode, in going with the theme of time of reflection and going with our titular name of the podcast, uh, it's something that I was looking to see what for me and also what my panelists would like to talk about in terms of the experiences that They've grown to love over the years and grown to fall out of love over the years. And so to kick things off, I would like to talk about Kingdom Hearts, the video game series. And in particular, the the way I'm going to present this is, is that growing up, this is a series that really I grew up with. Uh, it was my first, I guess, major Japanese RPG I played uh, on the PS2, as we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, or in the series of episodes. But in particular, it's something that when I played it when I was younger and kind of growing up uh, up until recently, it was something that I wouldn't necessarily recommend to other people just due to the nature of how complex the story is and how jarring it is and the fact that it really wasn't digestible because of how old it is as well in terms of the platforms the games existed on. Uh, but until recently it's it's been like that and then now it's changed now it's something that i would recommend to people and i highly recommend especially if you're a fan of disney and uh, this is on kind of two, <laughs> oh, I'm two I, I thought you were going the other way and i was like oh man yeah. we're gonna no. have to cancel this podcast and like we're only 12 <laughs> episodes in man we're yeah we're gonna have to divvy up with the children yeah. and like have custody rights yeah sir you're coming with me okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, going off of that, it's one being now is it's easier than ever to enjoy the series. Uh, Square Enix, the publisher slash developer of the game, has put out a collection of essentially all the titles out on PS4. So if you have a PS4, you can just get every game in the series, not necessarily playable, but at least all the content to experience in one kind of or two neat packages in the 1.5 plus 2.5 collection and Kingdom Hearts 3. And just the sheer fact that you can experience on one platform, I think, makes it a very low barrier to entry for most people to get in these days rather than having literally six or seven platforms where the games have been scattered across uh, throughout its history. And more so uh, in line with the, the era that we're living in in terms of COVID and just how, I guess, not or risky it would be to go to Disney parks or theme parks in general, just bigger public gatherings in that 
the Kingdom Hearts franchise, for those that enjoy Disney, I think does a very good job, you know, removing itself from what the actual story of Kingdom Hearts is, uh, but representing d- the Disney properties that you know and love, um, whether it's, you know, the shows or movies, um, and just giving you that avenue of being able to experience these properties in a different way. And it could be whether it's reliving the moments of the movie as some of the properties exist in the Kingdom Hearts world where you just follow the events uh, beat by beat or them creating brand new stories like in the recent, you know, not to say any real spoilers, but in Kingdom Hearts 3 that came out in 2019, they finally added Toy Story and just being able to, you know, fight alongside Buzz and Woody and experience more of the Toy Story characters that I've come to love over the decades literally uh, in this different way by being able to fight alongside them, you know, as a toy is just, it's the type of experience that even going to the park, you know, riding the toy story mania ride and doing the augmented reality, shooting the rings at the targets and going around in the cart. It's just, it's such a different experience from that. And I would say that if you, you know, enjoy these properties not just toy story but lilo and stitch hercules Mm. frozen even it gives you that chance to relieve relive these experiences in a very unique way that i think and i appreciate um square enix for you know giving to us and also disney for collaborating with them to give to us toy story was great level kingdom Hearts 3 that was like probably my favorite level frozen like I have actually hated that level so much. Like it was oh like the Cliff Note version but of Frozen. One to one recreation of Let It Go. Oh my gosh. That they made us sit through Let It Go in a video game is crazy to me, but it's okay. <laughs> I liked Kingdom Hearts. I love I love the Kingdom of Corona Rapunzel's area. Oh, so good. Um but like I was overwhelmed by the amount of forest and green everywhere, so finding the hidden Mickey's was a struggle and a half. Um, but like honestly, like Rapunzel was one of my, is like my favorite like new generation Disney princess. So I was like overjoyed to be able to experience her world in the Kingdom Hearts game, and I thought it was like super fun. So for a casual gamer that casually likes Disney, would you recommend just hopping into Kingdom Hearts 3? Or would you recommend a a different alternative? I would say sure. I mean, it really, it's how you set your expectations going into it. Yeah, if you have no investment in the Kingdom Hearts story as a whole, I definitely say you can just hop into 3, which is the newest one, and enjoy it for what it is in terms of just the visuals and just the Disney IP that is present in that one. Um, And that, you know, bearing in mind that you're just not going to pay attention or understand anything that happens in terms of the Kingdom Hearts side of the story. But I I still think it's a nice, fun time just being like, look, it's like, look at the felt on Woody's, you know, vest or, you know, the sheen on Buzz's like visor. Like Kingdom Hearts 3 relied a lot on the story. Like, I I feel like if you had out of the main three games, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3, like, I feel like 2 had the most IPs, like the Disney IPs. So it's like more Disney versus you're starting to get some of this, like, weird Kingdom Hearts story that no one truly understands. Kingdom Hearts 3, like, there wasn't that many levels in it. So, like, 
if a true Disney fan, if they only got to play one game, I feel like I'd probably steer them to two. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Is that like offer? I really liked Kingdom Hearts 1, but I, I don't know that it's it's like the nostalgia mm-hmm. that, you know, that literally that game spurred my like gaming like story. I mm-hmm. guess I don't know. I mean, it like that's the game that made me like beg for a PlayStation Two for Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and I and I loved it. It's something I'd never experienced before, so I'd really recommend it. <laughs> I would say, I guess, in terms of putting in perspective, uh, one kind of caters more towards the classic stories, uh, so things like um, you know Cinderella and. Aladdin and Hercules and kind of the older uh, movies and two kind of includes the more kind of mid range stuff. So you have to add additions like uh, beast castle, uh, which I know you can consider as part of the earlier movies, mm-hmm. but they didn't add it till two um, and even Mulan and really three is more of the kind of modern Disney or at least like post Pixar acquisition. So you get a lot of things like, you know, monsters, Inc toy story, um, Kingdom of a Corona, like the modern Disney stuff. So I think depending upon the era of Disney that you enjoy, I would say kind of gauge it from there to be like, if you want something from the deeper past, go with one and kind of mid range more, you know, a little bit of both modern slash older than that's two. And then the more Pixar oriented mm-hmm. stuff is in three. Yeah. So highly recommend that these days. Yeah. And I, it's kind of come from this grown perspective of, being able to enjoy the game for what it is and not necessarily the story and kind of leaning away to say, even though there is a story here, I don't necessarily need to be invested in it to say this is a fun game. Uh, Cause at least I'm having fun enjoying the Disney characters that are there. Um, and on the flip side, something that when this was released and when each of these were released, I highly enjoyed and I would talk about highly to other people and I would say I did recommend it to other people at the time, but in today's age, I would not is the Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise. (laughs) And for what, for what it's worth, I'd say my, my perspective right now is that I still think they're great visually. I think the visual effects in those movies are amazing. um, Especially with what they did with Davy Jones and Bill Nye. And then also the, you know, the, his tentacle beard and just that, you know, animation and everything. So visually, I still think the movies hold up, but from a older perspective and looking back on it, I would say the movies aren't as great as I thought they were. <laughs> um, especially in terms of the, the characters. I mean, is that thing where people say they enjoy Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp's character the most, but really right. Especially the first three movies, Jack Sparrow is kind of just a side character and the story did revolve around um, Orlando Bloom's character and Keira Knightley's character in in the movies. And I guess it was this more so perspective when I was younger of enjoying just a good old pirate theme movie because I'm not too aware of many movies that do the pirate theme anymore, especially of recent, that the movies were great for just that thematic, but the actual storytelling and character development was not. And so having this kind of more developed perspective and looking back, I'd say I really did enjoy those movies and I still enjoy them to now. I just wouldn't say that it'd be worth anyone's time to go back unless you were jonesing for some sort of Johnny Depp thing. Jonesing for some (laughs) David Jones. (laughs) 
Exactly. Oh my God, get out of here. <laughs> so uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is in Kingdom Hearts 2. So I guess that's a further reason why you should avoid Kingdom Hearts 2, I guess. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's also in 3. It's also in 3. Really? Or Kingdom Pirates of the Caribbean 3 is in Kingdom Hearts 3. So many things. Oh yeah, yeah. I do remember that now. Yep. Those stupid crabs you had to collect everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Um, I mean, couldn't you have that same opinion, or please don't you have that same opinion of, like, the Transformers movies? Whoa, come on. Megan Fox is still Well, no, I mean, I, (laughs) no, I I enjoyed them, but they're just, like, out of control now. Oh. Like, the most recent. You mean the the newer one? The most recent. Okay. Well, I just mean the whole franchise. It should have stopped after the first one, in my opinion. The first reboot one? With Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. I liked I, I liked the Sire LaBeouf trilogy, trilogy yeah, but I did too. I mean, like the rest are it's kind of crazy. But those are reboots, right? Like a, an additional reboot? No, it's just more. Oh, it's it's all the same storyline. Is it Mark I mean, Wahlberg in yeah. some of them? Now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I thought After it was a continuation. I don't know. No. I never. I mean, watched that's it. not my answer. I, that's not my answer to this <laughs> prompt. Right. But I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> I guess you. Could say I would that say for me in Transformers, mm-hmm. I would. It's closer to me in terms of I just like big robots in disguise. <laughs> so yes. So despite the fact that the movies might be considered bad or people might view them as bad for whatever reason, I think the the robot theme sticks with me a little bit more than the uh, pirate theme. Plus, so okay. what he's saying is more of. Like he rewatched the movies that he loved before, and he's saying he doesn't like it as much. While you're more saying the newer Transformer movies aren't as good as the older ones were, so it's like a slightly different thing. Oh, that's you know? fair. Yeah, but there are a lot of franchises like that. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, so for me, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I thought we were still going on this topic. One last question for Alex. Have you watched Black Sails? No. Oh, well, if you are still jonesing for some pirate-themed action, I would watch that show. Very all right. good. All right, mm-hmm. that is all. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Um, so for the one that I used to enjoy but no longer enjoy <laughs> is the Fantastic Beasts movies. Oh, God. Um, for Harry Potter. I mean, to be honest, like I, when I watched them, I was like, yay, more Harry Potter, more Harry Potter universe. But then like watching the first movie and then hearing it was going to be a trilogy and I was like, okay. And then now suddenly it's going to be five movies. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. okay. And then now we've recast Grindelwald because Johnny Depp has some drama. Yeah. And I mean, actor turnovers, whatever. Right. But I guess like when I was watching the movies, I liked seeing another side of the magical world. I liked seeing the United States version of the magical world. I liked hearing about the new schools. I loved the extra lore that the author came out with um, on Pottermore and just in general. Cause you know, like the main um, two witches, Tina and Queenie, they went to a North American magical school. So all that was neat. And I was like into it. And you know, the magical creatures are pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Like they're so adorable. But like when I think about it now and like, I guess there's a lull with um, media from it, you know, because of the pandemic and productions halted and then, um, you know, actor turnover and change. I'm just like thinking and I'm like, you know what? Really? It, I don't, 
think you really need to watch. Like, if someone's like, I'm going to binge watch the Harry Potter movies this week. And I'm like, do it. Movies one through eight. Like, I, I wouldn't be like, yeah, you need to make time for Grindelwald. No one ever would you know? say that. No. Yeah. Like, so that's kind of where I am right now. Like, I mean, I'm going to continue. I'm going to watch them i think because i think i i mean i kind of want to know what happens um but i definitely was thrown for a loop at the end of the second movie um wait did everyone see crimes of grindelwald in this group yes but i don't quite remember what happened (laughs) i've got to tell you spoiler warning yeah spoiler warning (laughs) that movie like with that second movie was one of the yeah. few movies that I've ever watched that I turned it off halfway through. It was so boring, in my opinion. And I, I mean, I grew yeah. to love, or not love, I grew to like the first movie. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, this was kind of mediocre. And then I watched it again. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it was kind of cool. It introduced some lore, it introduced those magical creatures that were adorable, like you mentioned. So, okay, it's yeah. pretty good. And then I tried to like hype myself up for that second one. And I just felt like it completely flopped. And if they're going to do three more movies, I just, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so like one of the things that bothered me most, well, it didn't bother me most, but I guess like, okay, spoilers, spoilers for crimes of Grindelwald is that in the movie, like Nagini, you end up finding out that Nagini's like a person or like this Asian lady that was cursed mm. who have, and her name is Nagini. So you eventually realize like, Oh, yeah, I do remember that. she, <laughs> she's a, turns into a snake every once in a while. And she's obviously <laughs> going to be Voldemort's snake. Horcrux. But this like, yeah, like I, or Horcrux or whatever. Like I was just like, she was barely in this thing. I don't know. I just like, we highlighted her for a little it's just bit. Easter eggs to really be get- Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't really add much. And then, like, I like Newt Scamander to a point. Yeah. Like, his awkward his awkward nerdiness is funny. Mm-hmm. I Or, like, sweet. It's endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. you're a little nerd. He's like, not a yeah. terrible main He's character. not the worst part of the movies. No, yeah. I, I, no, I He's probably one I of the like better him. parts of the movies. The problem yeah. was that Colin Farrell, I thought, did a really good job at being the antagonist in the first movie. And then he turned out to be Johnny Depp. And I remember going, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. What is Johnny it's Depp doing here? Totally unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's just it doesn't feel that cohesive. Like you know, I just I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, if you're a hardcore Potter fan and you just want more because you finished the books and like it, you just need more to immerse yourself. Go for it. But mm-hmm. like otherwise, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. Mm. I would still recommend Potter more. And stuff like that over telling a Potter fan to watch that personally. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like yeah. it might read your lore take them online. Yeah, yeah. re reread <laughs> the books. They're spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Wait for the new Harry Potter legacy game, you know. Oh yeah. That's where you can get your oh, my lore. God. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Um Did you anyway. uh read the Cursed Child? Like, I know it's yes, a place, I so actually, that's why I was, like, kind of iffy about reading it. Yeah. So, oh, great question. So, I did, I bought the screen, the book that she published with the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. I read it, and I was like, eh, like, this is very whatever. However, I did manage to get tickets. No way. To the, to the New York, um, th- I, like, had, I, like, w- bought them, like, eight months in advance or whatever, but I that's went. That's incredible. Um, in tw- 
in 2019 uh, to Broadway to watch it. And little did I know that the the main seven characters were from the UK production, like the original UK production came to the States to reprise their roles for like a period of time. And so when I watched the play, I found out after the fact, cause I started Googling the actors that they were the same, the original people that the, you know, the cast director like envisioned for the roles. And I was like, no wonder I felt so immersed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, the play, like honestly, the play just, is amazing and the way they do magic is amazing like it's like stage tricks that you're just like how did that happen like i don't like what like they really just appeared um (laughs) but it definitely like don't read the book or the screenplay screenplay or whatever yeah just watch but i would 100 percent recommend in fact like um the cursed child was planning to go on tour i guess last year i don't remember yeah i was hoping to see it again um in um dc oh if they came like, to dc oh my god <laughs> yeah like i was hoping like i was like oh my god i want to see this again yeah uh, i also think sweet. they they um started a tenure in san francisco or something like because i think they're like going to places for a block of time or whatever i don't know someone a reader or a listener can correct me but yeah that i totally recommend the oh wait i guess that's my next answer then because like after reading the screenplay i was like this is meh like why did i even buy this there you go um yeah. what a segue yeah but yeah yasser you helped me big brain Thank big you. brain a segue she didn't even realize yeah well yeah but after watching the play that experience man it is unforgettable and i really like how they um designed the the school like the um class what was it the houses oh my mm-hmm. gosh uh, i don't know what was going on with me but um you know they they had new um artwork and stuff and i really liked the um in the reinterpretation of the art because you know we have all the books um like the the book cover stuff for all the hardcover versions that we're very familiar with um and then like the movies have their own designs of the hogwarts crest mm-hmm. and um care you know the what are they called hermione's the, black the animals oh yeah and hermione's african-american like it's just it's just <laughs> great it was great no yeah i've i've really wanted to watch that for sure hopefully once the pandemic is over we can all mm. watch it sometime yeah yeah i'd like to watch it because i have the screenplay and i read it um and i figured it probably plays out better than <laughs> reading it <laughs> like i figured and i was just yeah. like yeah okay well at least i know what happens like i have a, a literal <laughs> book knowledge of what's happening <laughs> yeah they should just bring it to netflix like they did hamilton yeah, that'd be pretty sweet oh, oh. Plus. oh man oh yeah i know I, i'd be kind of on the fence on that though you know like i'm sure seeing it in person would be way better but oh, yeah. if you can't see it then might as well right hamilton was yeah. so good I should oh, watch man. that. Yeah, it's on it was really good. Um, yeah, so good. So, playing off of that, um, well, actually, there's nothing that connects these two things. So, <laughs> there's my segue. <laughs> 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 um, so, a long, long time ago, um, I used to be very much into a, a, a small game um, that people probably have never heard of um, called Overwatch. Um, it came out in 2015. And I was absolutely hooked. I was playing pr- 
probably every day with like a, a set of people. Um, oh God. Played in like uh, all the, all the first couple seasons played it kind of competitively, like competitively enough to like, be talking about it outside of actually playing it like texting my friend or whatever like we were just really into it um but i have not probably touched overwatch probably two and a half years now um because the more i played and the more i got into it the more kind of like the whole community kind of just turned super negative and i don't know if you guys have ever felt this with like other games but like sometimes like when you start with a community and the community is like very much into the development development of this game they're not asking for too much they're just like very thankful for what they've been given and then once things may not go exactly as they see or plan um they kind of like turn on the developers and turn on each other and like it just turned into something where it was such a toxic time playing with my friends that I was just like, all right, uh, this is not fun anymore. So I'm going to just stop. So <laughs> I haven't really touched it in like two and a half years. Um, so like it was, it was my game of the year in 2015. Easily, easily one of my, my game of the year. Wow. Um, well, that's when Witcher 3 came Well, out. I didn't play Witcher 3 until maybe a year and a half oh, okay. later. Good um, save, good save. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Witcher 3, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> be like, turn in my Gwent card. But um, Yeah, it was my game of the year, and I played it religiously, but um, just the toxicity of it, it just turned into games for me as a, a way to, like, connect with friends and, like, talk and, and have fun and just disconnect and kind of de-stress from you know, work or at that time, um, pharmacy school. And it just wasn't that way anymore. So I had to cut ties. Um, and really I haven't played that much like fully multiplayer games since, um, I play some, but like anytime that any toxicity happens, I feel like I have a pretty low threshold now because I just like, (laughs) (laughs) am not about it. Um, but yeah, at the start, I would have recommended this all the time. Um, but now I just don't know, if it's friendly enough to have someone who's never played Overwatch go into it, um, I I just don't I don't see that. I'm still I'm still on their subreddit and I see things that goes on. And I just like <laughs> man, I just I don't think it's something I'd recommend at this time. So that's that's the negative one. I wanted to get it out of the way, well, and I think it kind of surprises. Me, any quick okay, quick question? Any expectations for Overwatch Two? I really, I really want to give it a try especially if i go into it with people that like want to give it a try too like i probably wouldn't play with a lot of the people that i played with in the past um (laughs) just because it's like well like there were like they were actual they weren't like actual friends there were people i met online and they just turned into more of a toxic group like i have some close friends that i know in real life and they kind of went away from it too. So if those group of friends that like I actually have a friendship with wanted to play Overwatch 2 or if you guys wanted to play Overwatch 2 or somebody other person who had kind of a clean slate, be totally down for it because Blizzard does such an awesome job of building a world that I just don't see in many, you know, game development, um especially for a multiplayer only game. Like they've absolutely built that world so well. Um that I'd love to give it a try. It's just I don't know. It it'll take a lot for me to be as invested as I was. Um, 
but we'll we'll see when that inevitably happens or maybe they'll talk about it at the game awards which happens tomorrow so we can we can see I feel Matt, you keep dating these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, December 9th, 2020. <laughs> oh no. It's 8:51 Eastern time. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, but I think that goes along with what online games have kind of become where yeah. you have these updates to these games that people love where you get to play it for so much longer than games we used mm-hmm. to play um, oh, yeah. back in the day. Like when I used to play Halo 2, Halo 3, I wouldn't expect these drastic changes in the multiplayer from month to month like we expect mm-hmm. in multiplayer games nowadays. I would expect maybe a new map pack, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and nowadays, people want everything to be ultra-balanced. If anything is too weak or too strong everyone's going to complain about it everyone Mm -hmm. gets super toxic in the lobbies and it just becomes a mess like you could even say that with dead by daylight which i'm not sure if you noticed that while you were playing it but if you actually like go into the community you see how toxic it can become because people just complain about everything like oh this is too strong this is too weak blah 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 and i feel like it's just become a thing now with online multiplayer games Mm -hmm that go on for a little too long it's everyone wants to micromanage that's like why i enjoyed dead by daylight playing with you and gerald because it was like i was there just playing with friends like had nothing to gain except for just having fun right um and so like that's how i play multiplayer now um i don't do it as like competitively (laughs) i guess (laughs) well i mean i feel Um, like that's the right way to do it sometimes like yeah i have a friend that i play dead by daylight with who just completely complains to me all the time about the stuff that he doesn't like i'm like all right well you play it like all the time so you can't be that upset about it yeah but it's just that's what the gaming community has become sometimes and it's kind of annoying and it's pretty whiny it can be pretty refreshing at times to just play a single player game and forget about that stuff Mm -hmm. um so it's it's depressing, but at the same time, obviously there's great things that come with these online living games as well. I would just stay away from the Reddit if you want to enjoy them. <laughs> oh yeah, like Sea of Thieves is an awesome like way. That community has probably one of the mo- more wholesome communities outside of like Animal Crossing. It's probably like right next to them. Um, like they're always very forgiving of the developers and like. It's not a troll game, like, right. I, it's just fun to play. Um, so that's kind of like where I steered now, which is fine. <laughs> that's that's cool with me. You're so old. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting <laughs> old. My reflexes aren't like what they used to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Anyway, going to more positive, um, positive route. Um. So maybe a week and a half ago, I started hearing a lot of hype, um, about a particular. Um, item that was recently released on a service called Netflix. A lot of hype of a lot of people enjoying the show, including our very own Yasser. Oh my god! Called the Where Queen's are you going Gambit. With <laughs> so the Queen's Gambit had a lot of hype, and I started it up. And two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, however long it was, I would not recommend <laughs> this experience at all. After like one or two episodes, I was like. 
where is this going? Like, where, <laughs> where is this? I don't even know. And not to, not to, you know, steal our future thunder. Cause as you know, we have a, a segment called peer review, um, which you should totally watch our, our latest about the Mandalorian season one and half of season two. Um, we have plans to talk about the queen's gambit. Um, and I'm very interested to talk about it. Um, oh, because <laughs> I am 30 minutes away before this, I was in the midst of watching the, the finale of that, Season. Oh my god. Um so I'm 30 <laughs> minutes away and I'm very excited to see what happens. I started today. I today I had off and so I watched I started uh episode 4. Oh my god. I'm, yeah, and now <laughs> I'm at episode 7. So that should show kind of like how much it ramped up for me. Um it does and ramp I, up. I really and I don't want to talk too much because Tiffany and Alex have not seen it. I don't want to spoil that for them. So just take my word for it um that this is something that um has definitely evolved over the past couple of weeks, and I couldn't think about anything else better uh, to say than the Queen's Gambit. So hopefully more to come. Uh, check out our peer review segments. Um, they're just pretty fun. That makes me very this is so happy. crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually just spontaneously watched the first episode today. Oh, okay. Uh, like it, two hours ago. Yeah. And that little girl is just so creepy. Like, <laughs> oh, very. Like the fr- like the younger version of the main yeah, character. Yeah, is so creep. The orphan girl is She's so. She's had creepy. a crazy. She, she better be. She better be in like childhood. some horror movies. Couldn't you see her like in like yes. her orphan clothes, like on yes. <laughs> at the end of a hallway? No lights yes. on. She's not that creepy. Come on. <laughs> I was creeped it was dead out. Eyes, her like her like flat affect is just very unsettling. I mean, that's what it is. All right. No body shaming. <laughs> well, I'm not. It's, it's actress. Shaming. It's an actress. You know, she's doing a really good job. Um she's I think she's, she's supposed to she's excelling be that way. Yeah. In right. being odd and creepy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I mean I finished the first episode and I watched like five minutes of the second and i <laughs> will probably continue yeah wait um, so you watch five minutes you're like uh, i'll watch this later <laughs> or did well you i mean interrupted? i had to well i did get ready for this oh <laughs> the okay <recording>. gosh <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, we're just interrupting everything today <laughs> yep <laughs> um but yeah i mean more to come we'll see more to okay. come. yeah more to come that does very much excite me though so i am excited I'm very excited for that episode. <laughs> Let's just say that. All right, is it my turn? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> this might be kind of controversial, and I don't know if I even believe it necessarily. <laughs> but oh, no. But here we go. Okay. The earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to come to grips with this. It's just, it can't be round. All right, no. Okay. So, I grew up playing Pokemon, right? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and literally, it's what got me into gaming. It's the first game I ever played was Pokemon Yellow, I'm pretty sure. I love Pokemon. Pokemon Go, when that came out, like, four years ago, still all aboard. Let's play some fucking Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't currently believe that pokemon is a system seller for me and it's literally the only reason why i've ever bought nintendo consoles whether it be game boys like their handhelds or their 
like actual home consoles. Yeah, there's other games I enjoyed like GoldenEye, Super Smash Bros, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Pokemon was why I would get it every time. And right now, where we are with Pokemon, I feel like it's not a system seller anymore. And I don't want that to be true. I want Pokemon to be back to where it was in my life, but I just don't feel that way anymore. And I want to know your thoughts because I have heard of other people on this podcast mentioning things about the newer Pokemon games. What are your thoughts about Pokemon and it being a system seller for Nintendo right now? On Honestly, and I want to get this out there soon because I don't know what Alex and Tiffany are going to say, but honestly, the last Pokemon that's on the Nintendo Switch, I had super high expectations for it. And as a big Pokemon fan, I didn't even finish it. That's tough. Because like it did not grip me at all. Um, it just felt super empty and half-baked at times. And it makes me sad because I, I just don't see any innovation coming out of the Pokemon company in right. that respect. Like right. I don't see future iterations of Pokemon really pushing the envelope. I think they're they're kind of banking on nostalgia. And I think I agree with you. It's not a system seller. It wasn't a system seller for me. Like mm-hmm. I had other things that were were pulling me to the Nintendo Switch. And you've right. told me, you know, ever since I got into Nintendo Switch, you told me back then, you know, like you were waiting for the next big Pokemon thing right. before picking it up. Right. And honestly, I don't think they're there yet. I don't know when they're going to be there. But right. it, I I felt more and more disappointed and with I don't, each generation. I don't know if it's that I'm waiting for it to like grow up with me and like it being more expansive, being that true open world, or if I would still settle for something that's like obviously super kids based and very simplistic, but just new and fun and exciting. I don't know which one it, they need to do, but mm. I just want something different than what we currently have. Cause like PlayStation is, has released Tim Tim. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but yeah. it's basically, yeah. it's like knockoff Pokemon, but it's right. like an MMO. So like right. you actually see trainers everywhere and it's like, they're doing more innovative things <laughs> right. outside of, po- you put that on a Pokemon shell. You know, like a or you know, paint a coat of paint on it. <laughs> right. Like I feel like that would be a pretty cool for next step for them, but I just don't see the innovation. I this is such a loaded question. <laughs> it is. Like you're be- welcome. <laughs> because I also love Pokemon. Like that's one of the first games I got for my Game Boy Color. Um, I didn't have a regular Game Boy, but. Um, I really like Pokemon and I've gotten, I've kind of gotten in and out of favor with them in the sense of like, I think I skipped a couple generations in between, like after gold and silver and then I got back in and whatever. And actually with the newest Pokemon game, I was really excited for it. I was like hyped for a whole year leading up to it, um, with the, I don't even remember. You know what? I can't even remember the names of them. Shield and Sword. Oh, Sword and Shield. Yeah, Sword <laughs> and Shield. Like, I was, I mean, I was really excited. This is actually the first game where I collected them all. I and you couldn't or, remember the name? I know. Oh, God, fake fan. Fake Speaks fan. Speaks for itself. Um, I probably, I think I tried to collect them all with Pokemon Silver. Um, but I can't remember if I actually did, but I know that I, I got the little That would be pretty difficult the because of... there's like two generations in there. So wait, how many generations are in the new one? 
Well, that's a mixed bag of questions because remember the whole scattered. community exploded because all the Pokemon were not in that game. I think originally there was only like 400. And then I think with the DLC packs, they added about 100-ish each. So I think right now there's around 600 maybe. That seems like too um, much so to be honest. But Someone can correct me. I mean, there's over 800 right now. That's, and like the community wants more. like all of them in there. <laughs> but... Honestly, I I enjoyed my time with Sword and Shield. I got Sword and I really, you know, it might have been that it caught me at a good time because it always comes out around Thanksgiving. So there was like a two week quote unquote holiday break where I was just like playing it nonstop, forcing Alex to play with me because he got shield and like forcing him to trade, like collect the ones that I need and trade with me. Nice. Um, he enjoyed it, but I, Spoiler. I think you're right. I wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> I don't know that I can recommend it. Oh, wow. um, I, I really like it. And I know like, depending on what the next gen holds, I might, I might skip it. I might get it. I don't know. It really depends. But yeah, I think even for me having those mixed feelings right now, I don't know that I can recommend mm -hmm. um, at least the newest generation. If I could, if someone would has access to a DS or something, I'd be like, go play silver. Pokemon silver is the best one. It's spectacular. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's something that it's a hard line. You have to draw for yourself about, if you do expect it to grow with you, as you mentioned, or if you expect it to stay kind of kid focused. Right. And it seems like even, you know, Game Freak and the Pokemon company themselves aren't too sure. Uh, and they've just been sticking to the whole mm -hmm. kid side because they're, you know, there are hallmarks of where they've tried to break it out of the mold, right? Like in black and white, uh, it had the most, at least to me, the best story out of any generation, like just from a story perspective. Uh, the main, I guess, antagonist, you'd say, N. And the theme of the story was about we shouldn't be enslaving Pokemon, period. And I think that that story, just from that perspective of saying, oh, yeah, why are we just <laughs> utilizing these living things in battles against one mm -hmm. another, right? And just answering the question of we've done, I think Black and White was, oh, man, I think it was sixth gen, fifth or sixth gen. Um, but just we've done that many generations of Pokemon and have they've never once questioned why we're doing this till that game. And I think from a story-wise, they really kind of broke the mold there. But, you know, the game still being the mm -hmm. same design. And then with Sun and Moon, uh, the generation before Sword and Shield, they broke the mold again with the whole there's no um, there are no eight gyms. Right. Uh, you don't go on this quest of getting eight gym badges to then take on the Elite Four. It's you actually kind of forming the elite four in the region. And so from a gameplay perspective there, they kind of broke the mold again to say, okay, so story, not the greatest story, but here let's mix up the formula. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with sword and shield, they kind of doubled back and it wasn't a really great story. And we went back to the whole eight gym formula. And I mean, they tried to shake it up with the wild area kind of being like their quote unquote open world parts of the map. But it was very small in terms of there were still routes and you still had to go on routes to get to the, you know, the cities with their respective gyms. And so it seems that they, at least, 
you know, and I can understand from a monetary perspective, you don't want to break the mold that much because these things still sell. Sword and Shield sold ridiculously mm-hmm. well, and whether or not that's also in tandem with the success of the Switch itself, you know, you can probably attribute to that. But there hasn't been a point where I think Pokemon needs to reach a low point for it to actually change. And since it hasn't yet, we're still just going to get these same iterations over and over. And to me, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just setting that expectation of, you know, it's like Call of Duty, right? No one, or at least I hope so, no one buys Call of Duty every year. Yes, Especially I do. <laughs> it's you know, you know the types of entries that you like, and you're going to come back to it every so often to say, well, I can expect another one coming out. I, you know, in Call of Duty's case, I can expect one every year, but I'm not too big into Modern Warfare. Uh, I'm not too big into Cold War. Oh, but next year's Call of Duty, I might be into, you know, depending upon what they do. And I think the same thing you can say about Pokemon in that you might not be into, you know, Ruby, Sapphire, Diamond, Pearl, Black, White, uh, but you might have liked, you know, Gold and Silver, and then you can jump back for something like, X and oh, y. I like Sun and Moon. No, or, X and I y. liked X and it's Y. It's the next best one. <laughs> okay, after all that, Alex, would you recommend this experience? <laughs> Pokemon as a whole or Sword and Shield? Both. I mean, Pokemon as a whole, I'd say if you haven't played it, Try one at least. I mean, it like the formula, it, like there's a reason why that formula still exists today is because it's one of the best like monster collecting type of games out there. Like nothing really competes with that, especially with the, as they added more and more complexity with typing and just, you know, if you delve into the numbers, there's a reason why there's a Pokemon competitive scene. So I think in terms of the depth of the game, there's something out there for whatever you want out of it. But in terms of how often, I'd say you only need to play one or two of the generations to get an idea, and then you can just skip the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I'd say play at least one. And if anything, if you more than likely have a Switch, play the Switch version, and then you'll probably be fine for the next decade yeah. or so. I, almost... I would say don't start with Sword and Shield, though. If you're going to pick one, <laughs> like, yeah, I just want to pick I... a better one. <laughs> yeah. I, I I almost want to say that I want them to branch out while keeping that same formula. So like have a central game series that's your foundation. But I've seen them try to branch out with stuff like Pokemon Snap and Pokemon yeah. Tournament. Like they do different games. <laughs> right. <laughs> They've done it well and poorly. Um, but I want them to branch out in a different way and have like what Matt was saying, some sort of like MMO or open world type game that can be that can be developed and created and sold separately from their main storyline, their main games that have that same format. I feel like Game Shark or did I? It's not Game Shark. What Game Freak? Game Freak. Yeah, Game Freak. Um, Game Freak probably has enough people to be able to do that. I'm not speaking out of intelligence when I say that, but I just assume so. Um, but regardless, the IP is so so strong that I feel like they could do that and get away with it. Um, that's I guess what I'm hoping for more than them to get rid of what they currently have as far as the formula, because like you said, it clearly works. I don't see them ever going away from it. I just hope that they develop something beyond that because I'm just where I am as a gamer now, I would expect more out of a Pokemon game for me to want to buy a Nintendo console. And so maybe that's just 
crazy of me to to want, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, that was my only one. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it for uh, episode 12 of Recommend Experiences Podcast. You know, the a time of reflection uh for us and hopefully for the rest of you all listeners out there uh whether it's something that you know things that you've fallen in love with this year fallen out of love with this year um such as the year itself that is 2020 um but yeah so write in and let us know if you have uh something that you want to share with the world or something that you want to help warn others to stay away from by writing in at rxp.podcast at gmail.com or tweeting at us at rxp underscore podcast and until next time take care wake up samurai we've got cyberpunk to play all right bye